morning, everyone, and welcome to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. I am here. My name is Rosie. I'm your host today. And today we are going to be talking about plants. But before we get on to that, I would like to introduce my co-host. Hello, co-host. Hello. My name is Miles and I am nine years old. Hi, Miles. I'm so happy you're back in the studio. You were here a few weeks ago, weren't you? Yep. And you've come back. Mum Marla is here. Hi, Mum Marla. So she's just put her feet up for today. We're not going to be quizzing you today, Dr. Mum Marla. Um, because, Miles, did you know that Wednesday next week is Plant Appreciation Day? Yes. You did know that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, most people, I imagine, probably don't know that. So I thought we'd, we'd talk about plants today. Now, I don't know about you, but plants, I'm more of an animals person. Plants don't necessarily get me super excited all the time. Yeah, like sometimes they could be quite beautiful, but they're not... Like, they're interesting, but probably they're not actually that interesting. Right, well, we have two scientists, and I can see them exchanging looks across the table. Two fantastic scientists whose whose jobs today are going to be convincing us the opposite. So, Miles, do we have any questions we should ask our fantastic guests? What's What's the first question? Yes. Tell us a bit about yourselves. Tell us a bit about yourself. Should we start with Anna Claudia? Hi. Uh, my name is Ana Claudia. I'm Brazilian. Hello. I was born in a small island. Um, in my home was actually surrounded by lush forests, Ooh. so it was quite natural for me that when I went to school, uh, science was my favorite subject. Nice. But um, to be honest, um, I have my call or my epiphany with science when I visited my first museum. I was five, six years old. Oh. And yet, um, during school time, when I was more or less the age of miles, I I didn't find uh, plants that interesting. So I can't quite understand his Okay. You understand where we're coming from? Yeah. But now what do you do? Well, currently, I am uh, working in the Natural History Museum. I am a scientist, a researcher. And uh, although I am a taxonomist, quite a difficult name, I work with uh, plants conservation. Amazing. And Miles, do we have a question for our other fantastic guest? That first question there. Oh yeah, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, Neil. Thanks, Miles. I'm I'm English. I grew up just outside London, but uh, I always preferred to be in the countryside rather yeah. than the city. Um, and my father actually worked as a botanist at Kew Kew Gardens. Oh, um, nice. But until I went to university, I didn't really understand what that job involved. <laughs> and then later, I worked at Kew myself. Um, now I work at the Natural History Museum, where I've been since 2010. And uh, when I worked at Kew, I lived for a while in Chiswick and then later in Mortlake. So I know this part of London a little bit. Oh, great. Uh, but now I live out in Kent, which is much nicer. And at the, at the museum, I work on the same project with Anna Claudia. And we study the state of the plant world and what is it affecting it in as many ways as we can. That's amazing. So you're the perfect people to help us today appreciate plants. Miles, do we have anything else we should ask them before we move on? Yeah. Uh, what is your favourite plant fact? So we'll go to Anna Claudia first. Um, I think what the, it's most interesting to me that I learned along my career is that, in a way, plants can do more or less whatever any animal can do. They do in a different way. Hmm, but I don't do know if I it. believe you on that, Anna Claudia. Let's see. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of that. And Neil, what about you? Favourite plant fact? Well, plants actually make the air that we breathe. We wouldn't mm. be able to breathe without plants. And uh, as Anna Claudia says, I think they could do anything. There's even an orchid that flowers underground. Flowers underground. I would have thought the whole thing about plants. Yeah, Miles is looking at me with absolute <laughs> confusement. I think we're going to have to get to the bottom of this. Now, we have got a game to play throughout the most of the show today. But I have one question that I want to ask you both. 
about plants? It is a very important question. And I'm going to ask it and then we'll play a song and we'll come back for the answer. But I think this will set the tone for the rest of the show, okay? So Anna Claudia and Neil, I'll ask you now, we'll come back. Do plants poo? So we'll come back for the answer after Coco. Welcome back to Saturday um, Radio Splash. My name is Miles. And I'm Rosie here on the Saturday Splash on Riverside Radio. We've got co-host Miles in today, which is very exciting. And not just that, but we have our two very special plant scientists. Now, before we heard that song Coco there, I did put the most important question of the day to you both. Do plants poo? Can either of you help me with that question? Well, if you think that the poo is something that the body, that the organism um, put outside because they don't need it. Yeah. Well, yes, there are plants that do that. And uh, some species in mangroves do exactly that. And sometimes plants can get rid of water that they don't need. If you have your house plants and you oh, overwater yeah. them sometimes, you get little beads of water along the side of the leaf. You're absolutely right. I know that when I've given my house plants a bit too much to drink, they start, it looks like they're crying, like they've got a little yeah. tear falling off their leaves. So the bee might be crying or peeing, but uh, <gasps> the poor part, <laughs> the poor part is that um, in mangroves, uh, because they are in salty water, yes. they have developed glands that are specialists to just extract, take salt from the plant outside. So th- you're hot off the press today here on Saturday Splash. P- plants do poo. Yes. And pee. And pee. Miles, what do you make of that? Um, weird, but yes. Weird, but <laughs> I yes. Agree. I agree. I agree. Miles concurs. Fantastic. Now, we're going to play a game. This game is called plant powers. Anna Claudia and Neil have kind of challenged us, Miles, to work out. I mean, Anna Claudia said before, plants can do almost anything animals can. I'm not convinced. So we're going to take some ideas randomly and we're going to work out if plants can do some of these things animals can do. So should I've got some um, ideas that Anna, Claudia and Neil, these challenges set out for us on the desk here. So Miles, would you like to pick one and, and, and read it out? What does it say? Breathe. So can plants breathe? What do you think, Miles? I actually think yes, because with trees, um, they don't breathe in oxygen. They breathe in carbon, carbon dioxide. However, carbon dioxide has a small bit of oxygen, which, they, which trees don't want, so they push it back out. And yeah. that clutters with the rest of oxygen, and that's pretty much what makes it, I think. Okay, so you're thinking plants can breathe? And it's got something to do with oxygen and carbon dioxide. That sounds good. I think your teachers listening in would be very happy with that sort of answer. Um, so let's reveal. Anna Claudia, we'll have a drum roll. Can plants breathe? Yes, they can. Amazing. And actually, they breathe oxygen just like us. Oh, so and they're not breathing carbon dioxide? No, they absorb ca- carbon dioxide for photosynthesis to actually produce their own food. Ah. But they also breathe. They also breathe. Yeah, they have um, similar chemical reactions in their cells that we all do. So um, they convert carbohydrate molecules into energy, right? the same as we and other animals do. And that's what makes us all alive. Yeah, but but the oxygen, they also absorb and um, they use that. um, They use water and they evaporate. And all that process is very similar to um, the, the breathing 
is similar to, uh, to us, to humans. And that's why sometimes it's important if you are in a small room at yeah. night yeah. and with closed windows, don't put a big plant there because oh, really? that plant will be competing with the oxygen of the room. Oh my goodness. So we, I, me and Miles were sitting here thinking they're just giving off loads of oxygen, but they're breathing oxygen as in well. as well. When it's dark, yes. Oh, when it's dark, they do that at night. Oh, fantastic. Okay, I am looking forward to playing the rest of this game. We've got a few more plant power categories coming up. But I think let's hear some more music. And this time, it's Catherine McGrath. This is Splash with me, Miles and Rosie. Hello again. So, if you've just joined us, we are celebrating Plant Appreciation Day, and we're joined by Anna Claudia. Hello. Hello. And Neil. Hi. Our plant scientists for today. And the game that we're playing is Plant Powers. You have given us some things that plants may or may not be able to do, and we're going to have to try and work it out. So, um, co-host Miles, would you like to pick the next one? What is the next? potential plant power that we've got hibernate hibernate oh i don't know about that one do you think plants can hibernate maybe i feel like hibernation is for animals that have warm blood and when it gets cold outside they need to hibernate to keep themselves warm i don't know i think maybe because last time probably not but last time i was here when we were getting when we were doing a fun segment where we were guessing stuff, and uh, Dr. Marla, I'm sorry, Marla, uh, <laughs> had uh, a Banksia seed. Oh yeah. And how it protects its seeds. This may not relate, but it that might be hibernating since it's like protecting. Oh, thinking of like seeds. seeds hibernating. Miles, I am so impressed. I think we have potentially have a young botanist on our hands. So um, let's see who's going to reveal the answer for this one. I think it's Neil. Neil, can plants hibernate? Uh, some species do, definitely. Wow, okay, they, yes, well done, Miles. <laughs> they, do, they don't do it in a burrow underground like animals do, but mm. if you think about the cold winter times, then... What do plant? What do most trees do? They drop their leaves. Oh yeah, of course. And they go through winter without growing, without having leaves, without being able to produce energy. So when the temperatures drop and the days start to shorten, they uh, tell their leaves to stop producing chlorophyll, and the green colour breaks down. Ah. And, and what you're left with is the autumn colours that we all see. Oh, beautiful! It looks so gorgeous around October and November. That is that's a form of hibernation. The red, the orange and the yellow pigments, were, they're still in the leaf. They were there all, all the time, ah. but they're masked by the green pigment. So when, the, when the, um, the chlorophyll breaks down in the autumn, you see the pigments that were previously in the leaf, but you couldn't see it. And then later the leaves fall off and the plant goes through winter without, uh, without any leaves. And, without, and that's a form of hibernation. Wow, amazing. I, of course, now you say it. Of course, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, so plants do hibernate. Yes, and not only in some place, not only in winter. Oh. Uh, in Brazil, for instance, it's not about the temperature. Um, in the south, yes, some plants drop leaves in the winter. But in the north, they drop leaves in summer because it's too dry and there is no water. So oh. to save water, they drop the leaves and they hibernate in summer. Well, that... that- that, that makes sense too. I would never have thought of that. Plants hibernating in summer too. Okay, I think that leads us on to our next round of plant powers. What have we got next, Miles? Fly. Fly. Can plants fly? I think they might be having us on here. Of course plants can't fly. Um, well, maybe, but I don't think like you would wake up and then step outside and then just see like a plant flying around like a superhero. No, there's no wings. Yeah. There's no cape. Like a superhero. Um, I would say 
maybe not fly, but probably glide, because like dandelions, if you blow them, then the seeds, they fly away. You're absolutely right. And now that you say that, I'm thinking of seeds like those helicopter seeds in yeah. the, the ones oh, that... Yeah. they've. I don't know, is that flying? I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. Plant scientists. Can plants fly? I think you don't need to convince you anymore. Uh-huh. You are getting the all the answers right. So yes. that's a yes. Plants, they don't have wings per se. We have to understand they are different organisms. So they do things that animals do in a different way. So they have um, seeds and fruits that can fly. Uh-huh. But actually, uh, Miles, if you are in California, maybe you could see a plant flying or gliding. What? Yeah, if you if you watch cowboy films, sometimes in the background you see tumbleweeds <gasps> blowing across. Oh, yeah, 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 and that's actually the whole plant. Um, it it um, the le- the roots rot away, and the whole plant gets blown along by the wind, and then it will drop its seeds as it goes along. So plants can fly if it's a very strong wind. The, ho- the whole plant will be flying through the air, but m- most actually most plants. They're they're so clever because they get animals to do the things they can't do. Right. So even if the plant can't fly itself, then it can get its seeds dispersed by birds or have its pollen dis- um, dispersed to another flower by insects. Yes. So rather than flying themselves, they get the animals to do it for them. And that's even clever, I guess. They can put their feet up. They can go, yep, wait for the drinks trolley to come by <laughs> as a passenger. Well, there we go. I never thought of that. Plants flying like the tumbleweed. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> it reminds me of, like, in the desert... I can't remember which one, maybe the Sahara, but there's like, it isn't a tumbleweed, but it's like a ball of a literal plant that rolls around quite a lot whenever there are sandstorms, and then it waits for it to rain, and then when it gets uh, soaked in water, it starts spreading out, mm. but then when it gets dried, it, tu- uh, it yep. Resur- coils back in. Resurrection plants, yes, there are several yeah, species that do that. Yeah. You, everyone listening can't see this, but in the studio, our plant scientists have got the biggest smiles on their face listening to um, Miles talk about plants. This is what the Saturday Splash is all about. We're going to take a little bit of a break, um, but we're going to hear from Zane. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to the Saturday Splash with me, Rosie, here on Riverside Radio. I've still got my fantastic co-host, Miles. Hello. How are you doing? Very good. I've been having a lot of fun today. Yeah. It is really awesome learning about all this. Yep, learning about plants. That's what we're here today because Wednesday is Plant Appreciation Day. And Miles and I were talking at the beginning. We were saying we weren't necessarily maybe that excited about plants to begin with, but... I'm starting to feel a little bit more excited because, Anna Claudia, you're still here? Yes, I am. And Neil, you're still here with us? Yes. Our fantastic plant scientist. And you're trying to convince us that plants are more exciting than first thought. They are, and uh, I think you already convinced you enough. (laughs) But uh, let's go. Let's take on again. Our next round. So we're playing a game called Plant Powers. Anna Claudia and Neil have set us a series of challenges to work out if plants can or can't do these kind of superpower things. So, Miles, do you want to pick the next one and let us know what that says? Yeah, sure. What have we got? Uh, Use the World Wide Web. Use the World Wide Web. So I'm guessing, Mm. like, the internet? Yeah. Can plants use the World Wide Web? Do you know what? I think they're trying to trick us here, Miles. (laughs) Um... I'm thinking web, like spider's web, or maybe like connections. Is there a way that maybe plants connect with each other? I don't know. 
<laughs> if you had to guess, go go 50-50, would you say, can plants use the World Wide Web? Yes or no? Uh, no. No. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Scientist. Should we find out? Who's going to reveal the answer for this one? I think it is Neil. Can plants use the World Wide Web or are you pulling our chain? Well, it does sound surprising, doesn't it? But actually, plants not only use a World Wide Web, they invented a World Wide Web. <laughs> they invented it millions of years ago, way before we came along. What? I, I think you're going to have to explain this. Wait, um, I have a question. Do you mean, like, communicating by, like, frequency uh, waves and stuff like Ooh. that? Because if so, I thought of that. <laughs> In a way, Miles, but um, this is another example where plants don't have to do it all by themselves. Uh. They get other organisms to do it with them. So it, for most trees growing in forests, um, they have fungi that grow inside their roots called mycorrhizal fungi. And most trees have mycorrhizal fungi with them. So is and that the, almost like tiny little mushrooms or well, the, the, things like mushrooms? Things like mushrooms, not necessarily the actual mushroom that you see above the ground. Okay. But the network that, of, um, of threads that you see, the mycelium that lives within the soil okay. in the forest. And they, those go into the plant roots and then they connect different trees to each other. And often one particular species of, of tree will have a particular species of fungus that it's associated with. And this happens all across the forest. So we call it the wood wide web. The wood wide web. I think we need a wah, wah, wah for that one. I, no, that, that's pretty good, to be fair. Yeah, so, that's fascinating. So you've got plants, um, and within their roots, they've got these tiny little, almost like a mushroom, not quite a mushroom, funguses living with them underneath the soil, helping them connect. If, yeah. if, you, if you see um, bread in your kitchen going off, you can see little white bits creeping over yes, the surface. Yes, I'm familiar with that, unfortunately. That, that's exactly what we're talking about. Ah. But within the soil, and those go into the roots of the plants, and they will connect different trees to each other. But if you think that a web of, is a web of communication, the internet mm. is a web of communication through cables. Mm. In plants, the cables are the fungi mycelium. Ah. And, and, and it's a such efficient way that sometimes if a tree is dying of old age or even because had a strike of lightning, even without any leaves, that tree might survive and start to grow new leaves because the other trees around ah. that one start to feed the one that is you know, unable to do by herself for a period. It's, and if you think of, it's like what's happening now that you are trying to support people in Ukraine, mm. you know, supporting them when they, they are in a hardship. And uh, plants do that in nature. And yeah. you know, they're connecting via this underground. And help one another. It's quite touching here. And, really. and it's a partnership that goes back millions and millions of years. It was probably necessary for plants and fungi to work together in order to colonise the land in millions and millions of years ago. That's, so, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's been going on for as long as there's been life on on the surface of the earth. Well, there we go. Plants can not only can use the World Wide Web, or the Wood Wide Web, as we might be calling it, they invented it. <laughs> yes. I like that a lot. Oh, Miles it even thinks that deserves a round of applause. What's up next on our list, Miles? I think we should choose another one. Okay. Um, lie. Lie? As in be, be dishonest? Or like lie on the floor or lie on the floor oh can scientist is it lie on the floor is it like lie down or like lie be dishonest oh they're both both they can lie on the floor 
because they are too lazy to grow up. <laughs> and Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they also lie. I mean, if you think that lying is um, a way that plants behave to deceive someone or mislead someone. Yeah. Well, plants do both. They deceive and they mislead. Okay, so here we were thinking of plants as these very angelic, you know, very happy, innocent things, but you're telling me that we maybe shouldn't trust them completely? No. <laughs> oh, particularly when they are um, trying to do business with other animals because okay. one thing that they need, one service that they need from other animals is um, pollination. That is yes. like, you know, um, inoculating the male part in the female part of a flower. And the deal that they have is if the insects or any other animal does that, they would give pollen or nectar. Okay. But not always they have oh. pollen or nectar to give. So oh, I mean, the, the nectar to give. So sometimes insects might go up to them expecting, you know... A reward, and oh. they don't have it. Then there's no reward there. But Neil can explain more. Well, there are... Um, this is especially common in orchid species, and there are orchids in, in this country growing in Britain. The lady slipper orchid, for example, uh, will lure the, the insect to pollinate it, but won't be rewarded. But uh, the, the bee orchid is probably a better known example. Right. Does, does the same thing. And in, in laboratory tests, they found that the, the chemical produced by the orchid is better at, produ at attracting the male bees than the chemical actually produced by the female bees is. Oh, wow. So the flowers produce this chemical and the male bees come along and they attempt to mate with the flower of the orchid, thinking it's a female bee, but it's not. So they're tricking the bees. Completely. The bees are completely yep. confused by this. So they are pollinated, so they are... Rep get reproduction and get seeds they get their end of the deal yeah. exactly and the, but bees, they don't give. the bees don't get what they need and the ones that pro promise to give nectar is because they created a smell of nectar, nectar but they don't produce it well so they save the energy there we go not so innocent after all these plants miles i'm learning plants not so innocent after all mm, yeah if i play if i play a game of poker with them i'm not trusting <laughs> let's hear from tiesto your smart speaker to play Riverside Radio. Hello, welcome back. You are listening to the Saturday Spash and we are still talking about plants and we've got two rounds left of our game, Plant Power. Um, and Claudia is still with us. Hello. Yes, I am here. And Neil. Hi. You've not fallen asleep. No. You're both still happy and excited to be here. Very excited. Excellent. And Miles, my lovely co-host, can you introduce what is the next round of Plant Power? Can plants kill kill oh i feel like it's taken a bit of a dark turn with the last one then we know that they lie now can they kill um i think yes because i don't know what it's called however there's a certain uh plant that has like a weird oval shape which have like these weird hooks that have a little bit of poison inside anna claudia is giving miles the biggest thumbs up i've ever seen in my life um, and i'm sending them back <laughs> i'm also thinking some plants can be poisonous so i'm gonna say a yes for this one and we're a solid yes. So scientists, can plants kill? Uh, they can do both. There are definitely yes. lots of poisonous plants that uh, sometimes they're po very poisonous to us, but not necessarily to other animals. But they, they can also hunt, not just kill. They're, we call them carnivorous plants, and you don't think of them hunting because wow. they're not moving around, but they're attracting insects to them, and then they trap kill and eat the insects. Is that things like the Venus flytrap? Exactly. So that's probably the, the best known one. And if you think of the, the trap on the Venus flytrap, on the inside of the trap, the pink bit, you see little hairs that trigger yeah. 
the, the trap to close and it has the teeth around that prevent the, the insect from getting out. But in, in other parts of the world, there are different carnivorous plants as well. And in Southeast Asia, in the rainforest, there are a, a genus called Nepenthes, which are pitcher plants. Oh, yeah. And they've modified their leaves to make a sort of sack. It looks a bit like a jug. I've seen them, exactly, doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. With a lid on the top. And uh, the, the, the largest one can have over three litres of liquid inside their, their pitcher. So this plant has a leaf that essentially has curled itself around, looks like a jug, filled with water. And a lid on top as well. A lid on top. And? And uh, they found um, insects in it, but also vertebrates, small mammals. <gasps> rats have been found in them. Yeah. So plants are killing rats and small animals yeah. that we wouldn't expect. Yeah. When, oh, shy? When the animal goes into the pitcher, the, the lid's... Uh, will snap shut and then it will gradually drown in the liquid and oh my be, goodness. be digested. And most carnivorous plants um, are found in very wet environments and the amount of water in the soil prevents the, the plant material from, from decomposing. So they're usually very um, poor in, in nitrogen, those environments. Wow. So the, the, the plants are actually attracting animals to supplement their nitrogen. <gasps> Sneaky plants, so they're luring the animals in, saying, "Come, this is a safe area. You can get some nice nutrients here." Bam. Yep. <clears throat> You're gone. Yep. Wait, ex- are you telling me that plants can kill properly, like officially? Yep. Yes. I'm never gonna look at a plant the same. <laughs> <laughs> We've got time for one final round. Miles, would you like to see what the last one is? Can plants talk? Yes. I'm gonna say yes to this one, Miles. Yes. You've, we agree? Yeah, I think I might have already mentioned this, but like with low and high frequency waves. Oh, okay. Let's go over to our scientists. Scientist. Yes, they can communicate to one another. Um, yes. Not exactly not miles, high five. only producing um, voice, not in that way. But what happens in Africa, for instance, is that uh, one uh, plant, uh, there is a species called uh, acacia. Yes. She's beaten by gi- giraffes. Yes. And as soon as the giraffe starts to beat uh, her leaves, she starts to produce toxins. Okay. But those toxins go in the air. And the other trees that are not affected yet, they start to produce, pump a lot of toxin <gasps> in the leaves just to be prepared for the bite. But because the air then became so unbearable, the giraffe just walks off. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So we've got a giraffe that's happily chomping on the leaves of yeah. this acacia plant. Yes. And that plant almost sends out like a distress signal. Exactly. And the other plants produce, here... Produce a different here. chemical yeah. into their leaves to make the leaves bitter and the giraffe stops eating them. So it's almost like, yeah, a defence system. Exactly. Against those pesky giraffes. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I call it a, a sniper because... They can, you know, just prevent the whole forest to be eaten by giraffes. Oh, I like that. Do you know what? I was I was worried a bit about plants with the, you know, the lying and the killing. But we brought it back that they're helping each other. They're defending each yeah. other. I love that. Neil and Anna Claudia, you can hang around. We're going to find out a little bit more about the work that you're doing. But we've got another song. Next up is Liam Payne. Hello, we are back and we're still talking plants with Anna Claudia, Neil and my fantastic co-host. Miles. Hello, hello. Um, So we have learnt today so many things about plants. We've learnt that plants kill and lie. So there's a downside, a bad side, a dark side of plants. Also, they invented a World Wide Web. In some cases, they can fly and they can even talk to each other. Anna Claudia and Neil, thank you. Well, welcome. (laughs) 
It's the fact that they've learned how to do all these things despite not being able to move around themselves that makes them so fascinating. I love what you were saying about they use other animals um, and other insects, other things to help them. And I like that lifestyle, you know, just, you know, <laughs> chilling, letting other people <laughs> help you around. Um, but I do, we do have some final questions to sort of wrap up today. Um, and you both mentioned you work at the Naturalist Museum, you're both plant scientists, um, and you mentioned a project called Plants Under Pressure. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's our research program at the Natural History Museum, and we aim to uh, learn about the state of plant species around the world, and we assess the status of lots of individual plant species from, from all around the world to see which ones are most under threat of extinction, what is threatening the survival of different types of plants in different parts of the world, to see what is most threatened, where, why. And uh, we use this information, We've it's part of the scientific basis that goes forward to international conservation decisions like the, con the UN Convention on Biological Diversity that uh, sets targets to, to meet, um, to, to conserve and to restore biodiversity around the world. And uh, restoring biodiversity is also one of the best ways that we can um, t look after future climate change that will affect us as well. Absolutely. So you've got so much important work under that project. Um, and is, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about that? Yeah, well, we're, it's very, we're very fortunate to work at the museum, of course, and have all the fantastic resources and collections available for us to study. But there's always so much to do that we don't have the time to do. So um, yes. you can see a bit more about what we do on our website if you search for Plants Under Pressure Natural History Museum. And uh, if you're interested, we're currently looking for extra funding. So if, if you're interested, please get in touch. Oh, fantastic. Yep, I think that is a very worthwhile cause. We, I've definitely started to appreciate plants more today. Um, so, yeah, get in touch. That's um, Have a Google of Plants Under Pressure at the Natural History Museum and that will bring you to the right page. Now, Miles, do we have any final questions that we should be asking um, our scientists? Uh, yeah. Yes. Why do, we, why do we need Plant Appreciation Day? Well, um, as you were discussing earlier plants giving us all the basic cells that you need to to live um, you cannot breathe without plants we cannot plants also regulate um, our uh, weather system um, climate change is happening because of uh, lack of uh, uh, health vegetation so these we know but um, recently um, I was just finishing to read Vesper's Flights a, a, a book from a conservationist and in the end of that book the author asked herself what she learned with animals not so i i, I pause and ask myself what have i learned with plants so not only about them but with them oh okay and uh, i realized that plants they are very patient and resilient everything takes time for plants to do and make and Absolutely. some of them actually live quite a long time, so that's understandable. But um, plants also, they are determined. If you have a garden, you see that the weeds, you can pull out weeds, they always come back. So they are determined to succeed. But I think the most important thing was that plants, they don't hold prejudice. Yes. They establish themselves with collaboration with other organisms, whatever that organism is, just in order that they can succeed, that they, they can successfully survive. And right now, you know, this is a lesson that I'm taking my own personal life, being patient, being um, um, resilient with difficulties, determined to succeed, working my best, get collaboration out there. 
That's why I'm here with you, uh, uh, Rosie, and with Miles. You know, yeah. don't look at you know appearance, but to people that can collaborate with with you and make um, plants uh, survive successfully, helping you with the conservation. That's the work that we do, but as well as defending science. I love that. So it's not just about what you can learn about plants; it's about what you can learn with them, with them, from them. I love that. We are almost out of time for today. Um, Neil, did you have one last tiny thing to add in? Life on Earth wouldn't be possible without plants, and the life that we have on Earth would be very different if we didn't have the plants that we do have. So conserving them is really important. So let's all take a moment on Wednesday coming up for Plant Appreciation Day to have a little wave at our plants nearby, give them a smile, appreciate plants. But we are out of time. That is the end of Saturday Splash. We've got the news coming up in just a few minutes. The Riversiders will be here from 11 and Fayon at 12 o'clock. Miles, would you like to introduce our final song? Now for a bit of Jonas Blue and the song By Your Side. Cross the one.